Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dan Bruder about connecting employees with their company's direction, mission, and purpose. Dan Bruder, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks, John. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Colorado. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about connecting employees with their company's direction, their vision, the mission, the purpose of the organization, and and having that alignment and that congruence. Uh, I think we'll also be touching on some uh, issues around work-life balance, uh, work-life integration, some of those types of issues. And so I'm I'm just really thrilled to have the opportunity to talk with you today, Dan. As we get started, I wanted to share Dan's bio with everybody. Dan Bruder is co-founder and CEO of Blendification, created Blendification to harmonize work and life. Dan originally developed and enhanced the Blendification ethos by delivering the strategy whiteboard and personal whiteboard programs through conventional consulting, teaching in MBA and executive MBA programs, and authoring the Blendification TEDx talk with over 225,000 views. Today, Blendification is aligning system book businesses to focus with employee software apps with the DIY software, the same strategy framework used for business planning and and execution. The strategy whiteboard app is applied to employees' personal growth and development, creating a natural and complementary connection between work and life. This strategy whiteboard app with blendification is also a popular pursuit that he is continuing to develop. It's a pleasure again, Dan, to have you. Anything else you would like to share with me or my listeners by way of your background before we launch on into the conversation? No, I think that just about covers it. Um, definitely on a, a pretty focused pursuit now in order to, to help businesses um, really take a seat at the table in creating positive impacts on our employees, customers, and communities. You know, I think um, business has kind of been lost in the shuffle. And uh, I think businesses really should should be at the forefront of creating greater impacts on society. I completely agree with that. Um, and I think we know that increasingly employees expect, even demand that of their organizations. They want to work for companies where they're making a difference, where, you know, not only do they derive meaning and purpose in the work that they do, but that their work actually matters in some grander scheme. Um, and, and that's, you know, can be a challenge because frankly, the work, the way work has been designed in the past, the way many jobs have 
you know, been um, designed and functioned, they've been, you know, uh, designed for efficiency more than meaning, purpose, and impact. Uh, and and what we know now with the great reawakening, the great reevaluation, the great uh, resignation is that people are leaving. A third of the workforce has left in the last year to look for other options. And, and in many cases, that is really due to the fact that they just want to do something that aligns better with their their values, their priorities, where they have opportunities to grow and develop and where they can make a difference in the work that they do. Yeah, I think you, you hit on it, man. I can't believe if 30%, I've heard a lot of numbers, but if a third of the people have left their jobs, that means we're not doing something right. And, and I think it goes really deep. A lot of people are saying, well, we're not paying them enough or, you know, the new gen, you know, the millennials or the Gen Zs, they, they just think differently. So I've heard all the excuses but if you really start peeling away the onion, I think the real core of this is that work serves a very subs- uh, substantial and significant need in people's lives. And that was severed, particularly with COVID. It was going down that direction. But that that connection to something meaningful and that connection to other people, you know, if we look from a psychological perspective and we look at human beings, our core desire or our primary driver is this need to connect and belong. And work has kind of served that need without ever getting any credit for that. And then when people could no longer connect to other human beings and felt like they weren't belonging to something significant, they said, boy, I I can be productive and I can go work anywhere. So what we saw is this, you know, let's let's trade our cards here and go somewhere else. And, And I think the real issue that is facing business today is that it is not serving the basic primary needs of humans and then they wonder why they're leaving to go find and fulfill that need. And that's that's what we need to be solving, not about, hey, let's pay more money. Now, I think we need to pay more money, but but that's that's just kind of covering up the real issue. Yeah, I think that's right. You have to pay people fairly and equitably, and they have to feel like they're being adequately valued. But beyond that, once you take care of the kind of that baseline, it's it's these other factors that play a much bigger role in in whether or not someone's happy at work, engaged at work, productive, and whether or not they're planning on sticking around at work. So we definitely need to focus on the, the, those other things. Now I know um, you, you do obviously a lot of work around this work work life balance, work life integration um, kind of idea. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing and you know what your thoughts are around work life balance, work life integration. You know, people talk about it as a myth. Uh, other people put it as like a top area of focus. How do you approach it? Well, I, I think um, we have to look at what work-life balance means or what it has done. And in my experience over the last several decades, work-life balance has really been a way to create a barrier between work and life. I never heard anybody say, oh, I need more balance. I need to spend more time at work. It's always been demonizing work. And now we have, um, you know, there's millions of people now that look at work as something that is not fun, shouldn't be fun, and a waste of time and something we should avoid. But the truth is, is we all spend most of our waking time, you know, almost 50% of our waking time in work or work-related activities. So if we have any ambition- Or much more, right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people, (laughs) yeah. So if we have any ambition or passion in our life, we probably should be looking at work as a vehicle- in order to fuel that passion or realize our potential. So I think work-life balance, as it has been portrayed over the last several years, has been a real disservice 
to what most people do with most of their life. It's created a wedge. So now we have to unwind that. And, um, you know, a lot of times when we look at work, especially today, we see work-life balance and we put it in the same category of work-life blend. And they're actually very, very different. And, you know, there's work-life integration. We tend to use work-life blend. I think that is um, more relevant. And um, But the, the truth is, is work-life balance is much different than work-life blend. Work-life balance is creating a barrier and believing that we can be two different people work-life blend is let's look at our work as an opportunity to pursue our potential and create meaning in our lives and then do that through our work. And from a leadership perspective, if you have HR managers, is how do we embrace our employees and how do we engage our employees such that the employees, what they're looking for is similar to or aligned with what the company is looking for. And when we create that connection, that's when we have work-life blend, the company benefits, society benefits, human beings benefit. So that's what we're really looking at. So the whole idea of work-life blend is much more powerful than work-life balance. And I I think we need to move very, very rapidly away from this derogatory statement of work-life balance. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, different people have different perceptions around this kind of language, but language does matter and it signals things. And I, I I agree. I like the the movement more towards this idea of work-life integration or work-life blend more than work-life balance. I I think the core principle, there are many who would still say work-life balance means that same thing, but, but the way it has been portrayed and the way it has been in some ways weaponized, um, you know, I, I think I think it's it's ready to retire that term and to move on to something that's a little bit more uh, uh, proactive and and uh, something that's a little more healthy, uh, given the the connotations and, and the way that a lot of people um, view it and the way it influences the way they live their lives. And like you said, we're we're not separate people. Like our our we're our lives are all connected. We can't neatly compartmentalize every different piece of our life. They all go together and. And when I show up to work, I'm bringing with me all the stuff that has happened, you know, since the last time I was at work, that's happened at home or with my friends or in my community. Uh, I'm dealing with my health stuff. I'm dealing with my mental state, all those sorts of things. That's all bleeding into my work and my work is bleeding into to other aspects of my life. And so finding a way to make that blend healthy and productive, I think that's, that's ultimately what we need to strive for. And, and for organizational leaders to honor the whole individual and to respect boundaries, um, but also be supportive of, of the whole individual, I think is also super important. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, John. And um, the, the, the next question is, you know, how do we do this? So, um, you know, we've never been in a situation because it, it was so natural for years. We, we go to work, we go to an office, we had people around us. We would naturally talk to them about things that were outside of work. We would have deeper conversations. We would get to know people. And that was fulfilling that need to connect to other human beings. That's a primary driver. And then we were always talking about what the business was doing. So we kind of knew intuitively what was going on in the business and then we, we get separated and we, we would put in our kitchens, our bedrooms, our basements and say, OK, go do work. And what we found is people were very, very productive. But what we lost in what we gained in productivity, we lost in connectivity. 
And so, you know, work-life blend is, um, it was more natural before because we were at work and now work is in our house in a lot of ways. And all we're focusing on is productivity. But the truth is, is what makes human beings thrive is connectivity. So, you know, the natural question to me is, okay, yeah, this is a great topic. And and it's a topic that we need to be talking about. But the real question is, is how do we actually do this? Like, what are the steps? One, two, three, four, five. What's the checklist to create a blended work or a blended company? And that I think is is the, where the where the power lies because you know I, I I've done a TED talk you know um, I've written books uh, I do a lot of that type of stuff but there's 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 got to be a process to do this and and that's what I think is is what we need to move beyond is just the talk into the actual doing side of this yeah so let's get there now and talk a little bit more about you know how we can help our employees to have that connection that congruence between their personal purpose, meaning fulfillment and the the vision, the mission, the purpose of the organization and how we can help support as leaders, that connection amongst our team, especially if they happen to be distributed, you know, virtual or, or hybrid kind of work arrangements. Sure. Yeah. And I think um, HR, you know, historically, and, and I've been out of college for quite some time. I won't tell you how long, but um, HR was always, um, was at the table, but didn't always have a voice, you know, back in the eighties and the nineties, didn't always have a really good voice at the table. And now I think HR is right up there with your, your executive um, vice president of sales, um, product development and so forth. So I think the HR side is really driving this because we've seen so many external impacts technologically and socially. So just HR, I say, you know, HR needs to take the lead on how do we actually blend businesses so that employees can thrive at work? Because, you know, sales is focused on sales, products focused on product. Um, Of course, we need to integrate those, but ultimately somebody needs to be leading the organization. So, um, you know, the question is how, and, and I think there, there is a how, and, um, you know, going back to having a clear purpose and um, vision, mission, I think those are all relevant. But, you know, a lot of people, I think most companies I've ever seen have visions and missions and purpose statements and core values. I mean, very few companies don't have that. So now the question is, is that's not good enough. Um, so we need we need more than just having a platitude that we put on the walls. And someone said to me once, it's kind of interesting when you go into a company and you see what's written on the wall is not actually happening in the halls. And um, so I look at that as how do we take that culture, you know, that vision, mission, values or whatever, and actually redefine that in the context um, that a millennial or a Gen Z will actually relate to. Because, you know, a lot of those old mission statements are we want to be number one in the market. And quite frankly, if if I'm, you know, coming out of college and I don't own the company, I don't really care if we're under no, number one in the market. And I don't really care too much about our stock price because I'm not a significant owner. What I care is my impact on the world. I care about yeah. my relationships at work at home. So that's what we need to be doing. We need to translate this into a context that connects to the others and then build a framework around that. And there's there's much more to it. But but I'll pause there because I saw you smiling there and, 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 and give, give you a chance to kind of respond on that. 
Yeah. What you were just describing, that's kind of the old framing around shareholder capitalism and the, the, the focus on the stock price and, and profits. And there's nothing wrong with profits and there's nothing wrong with having a good stock price. Uh, and if you have stock sharing programs and, and stock ownership with your employees and such, that's, that can be great. Um, but that just doesn't resonate that much with the average employee. Now we're in the age of corporate social responsibility, triple bottom line, stakeholder pe- capitalism. So reframing some of those things around those other kind of purpose-driven approaches, I think is going to sit better with more people. Like you said, younger employees, younger millennial, Gen Z, they absolutely don't care. I mean, general, this is a generality, but generally speaking, they just don't care if you're number one in the market. They do care if they're doing something that matters and that they're making a difference in the world and that they're having a chance to develop themselves and grow in their career. They do care about that. And so let's translate into something that makes sense to them. But I think about myself, I'm 43, so I'm not, I'm certainly not a millennial. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of late stage Gen X or some people call it Xennial right between that Gen X and yeah. millennial age. And I t- I'll tell you, I've never cared. Like if, if someone, you know, says, you know, we want to be number one in the market. I'm like, well, great. And I want you to be successful and I'm going to do everything I can to help me, my team and the organization be successful, but not because I want us to be number one. Like I don't care about us being number one in the market. I want us to bring value to the market, but I want us to do things well. And I want us to treat people well. And I want us to uh, do all those sorts of things and make a difference in the world. And, and so I think, I think there are many people throughout the age spectrum that care about the exact same things and, and have largely been ignored for a long time. Uh, and, and now they're just with the influx of, uh, of millennial and Gen Z workers. Now that, you know, companies are starting to pay a little bit more attention to that disconnect perhaps, and and how we might need to try to realign. Yeah, you said something that that resonated with me a little bit, um, talking about employees, um, stakeholder capitalism, and then employee growth. So what what I think the stakeholder capitalism thing movement misses, it misses the employee. So we really need to be looking at three things. The company needs to succeed. It needs to positively impact its, its communities, and the employee needs to experience growth. So the, you know, what we're talking about, shareholder capitalism, which I agree with you that, you know, the truth is, is we don't have return on shareholder value or cash flow, we don't have a company. So let's just be really, really clear that we have to maximize shareholder value, but not at the expense of other things. That's this idea of blendification is, is that, yeah, we can do more than one thing. So we have, first, we have shareholder growth or company growth. Then we have Secondly, we have how is it, what's our impact on the community? The stakeholder capitalism focuses all on that side of it to some extent. I mean, there's obviously some other aspects to it, but, um, but we, what we really need to do is now look at the individual inside the company and say, how can you pursue your human potential through work? And how does business, how does what I do as an HR leader or as a manager how do I become that catalyst to help you grow, learn, and develop here in the confines of the structure of this business so that we allow, we allow the company to thrive, you're thriving, and the community is benefiting as well. And I think that's an, this, uh, another concept around blendification. We are very, very complex 
um, species, you know, the human beings, we can do more than one thing. And I say, let's embrace this, this concept of these connecting. So all of what we're talking about here, that purpose, that uh, vision and mission, we need to translate not just into the context of what the business does for itself and for the community, but also what it does for the employees. And we call that a statement of intention for our employees, customers, and communities. And um, so that's another aspect of gamification yeah. that I think sometimes we get lost. It's like all about having, yeah, we want to go, we want to go solve climate change. But what about me, man? I'm me as a human being. I'm trying to become a better father. I'm trying to become a better yeah. spouse or better girlfriend. And, and work can help us with that. You know, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the employee experience is just a huge, huge piece of that. Um, now, I, I'm a believer that triple bottom line or stakeholder capitalism necessarily should include the internal stakeholders uh, in the organization, which are the people. Um, but yeah. I get your point. And, and, and oftentimes organizations are so focused on the external stakeholders that perhaps they're, they're neglecting the internal stakeholders. So we absolutely need to make sure we're continuing that focus um, so that we're meeting the needs of our people. Without our people, we're not anything. We're not an organization. We're not going to bring value to the market. And ultimately, that's what we need to try to do. Well, Dan, it has been a pleasure. I know at the time it has flown by. I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute. But before we wrap up, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Great. I really appreciate it, John. I mean, this is a great conversation. And I think you you and the audience within your podcast is really at the forefront of uh, making a positive impact. It's really not going to be the head of sales. Like I said, it's going to be the HR leaders that take the time to implement a process for blending work and life such that, like I said, all these folks that we're talking about wins. Um, you know, we, we um, you know, personally, I believe there is a process to do this. We've, we've created a process and for anybody that's interested, they can go to our website at uh, blendification.com. And we have, we have a technology application that actually provides uh, an opportunity for businesses to plan, grow, and develop, but then at the same time, using the same framework, allowing the business's employees to plan their personal lives using the same framework in the business. And ultimately, we create a convergence. And that's really what we're trying to do is converge work and life as opposed to divide work and life. And I think the truth is, is we need technology to do it. Because, you know, we can't do this on, you know, face-to-face meetings anymore. We need technology to be right there with people, to connect people. And that's that's really the next wave of business technology in my mind. Yeah, well said. Dan, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Dan and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. you enjoy the human capital innovations podcast enjoy ad-free listening by going to the patreon page and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level and please leave a review thank you for your support thanks again for joining us for this episode of the human capital innovations podcast I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Make their Christmas unforgettable with goat guns. 
Looking for the perfect gift for your husband or man who is a gun lover? Look no further. Goat guns are the greatest gift of all time miniature gun models. They are the perfect blend of quality and detail. From pistols to rifles, there's a goat gun for every collector, history buff, or gamer. Whether for display or for a fun collecting hobby, goat guns will bring joy and excitement to him. Surprise your loved ones this Christmas with a goat gun, the ultimate gift that won't disappoint. Shop at goatguns.com.